0: Hello and welcome to Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, a tale of spiritual awakening, maturing soul life, and a guide to cooperative and purposeful life experiences for us all as we learn to understand more about who we are and what life is really about. I am delighted to welcome for a third time on the show... Roberta Grimes, author of The Fun of Living Together, co-authored with friend Kelly Glover. To hear other past shows with Roberta and myself, go to my website, CherylGlick.com, and check out the radio page. Hello, Roberta, and thank you again for
1: joining us. (laughs) I'm thrilled to be here with you. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: You just keep putting out these wonderful books. I don't know how you do it so rapidly. I have a third book in the process now, but it's taking a bit longer than I had thought. Roberta yeah. as listeners of the show are well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories of awakening and a metaphysical search of energy for developing a clearer intuitive sense of the human and divine condition and to recognize how necessary it is to observe and honor both our physical and spiritual essence in order. Actually, to improve the quality of life individually and collectively, and the way the world and experiences are happening now so rapidly, it's very important that we have this discussion. In today's episode of Healing from Within, we will discover how Roberta, an attorney and prolific author, with her friend Kelly Glover, a musician, decided to work on America's racial problems so we can at last come together as a nation, moving past views and history. They will show that how the afterlife evidence that assures us that spiritual growth is the whole purpose of human life and that religious traditions have not made this a priority often has led us to judgmental conclusions, separation, and a less unified understanding of life for all citizens we may see that racial problems may be actually solved in one generation and can create an economic boom that can shrink our national debt. So I always love to ask my guests to remember earlier events, and perhaps today you want to tell us how you met your co-author and how this idea for this book came together.
1: Kelly Kelly Glover is a wonderful wonderful woman. Um, I met her through church. She and I both were part of um, a unity church in Plymouth about oh more than 10 years ago now. And um she is the music director there. She's got a beautiful singing voice and she's she's got a degree in music. Um, so I she started teaching singing to my very very tiny um child um grandchildren and i i kind of wanted to learn singing too so we started to be friends and then we started going out to lunch we 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 you know how you sort of find people you click with we really really yes. clicked partly because she's kind of serious too by nature and she was very much involved in in doing things um sort of business-wise and so we were giving each other advice we just we started having lunch about once a month and this was like a decade ago and people who see her picture on the cover of my book, may be surprised to learn that we never talked about race. It never came up. It was never important. Um, we were just friends who you know really supported one another and, and enjoyed one another's company. But about oh probably the year you year fifteen months ago, we'll say um I had a question which I needed to ask not even I wish I remembered the question. I don't even remember it. I needed to ask. A person who would, you know, who was black, who would know the answer to the question. I was just curious about something, so I randomly asked her at lunch this question because she was was right there in front of me, and she's really my closest friend who's black. And she she told me what she later what later never happens. She said, "I never answer questions like that from white people. Most black people will not answer those questions." But she loved me enough, and she trusted me enough to, to tell me the truth. And I was horrified to hear, I mean, this woman has a master's degree. Her father has a Ph.D. They are very comfortable financially. She is upper middle class in every possible way, and she's still got to deal with all these issues. I was horrified. So then I started doing the research, and she and I would talk about the research I was doing, and she answered, kept answering my questions. And pretty soon I said, you know, this is a book, but i can't write it without you she said i think i was born to do this absolutely so the,
0: and you know that's I, how the book happened yeah i was going to say to you uh that when you said uh, you know you Know how you know someone that you want to be with. Well, spirit brings us together at the proper time with people right. who are important for our own development and also to share with others, especially those of us who are um, motivated to understand how energy works and how le- life works in different dimensions and the afterlife. Uh, so, we're brought together with a lot of people who help right. us and serve a purpose in our sharing this with other people. So, uh, you know, nothing is random. We're not alone. No. Our guides and teachers <laughs> are always around us, and they are bringing us to meet people that uh, it's best for us to meet at the proper
1: time. But, well, uh, not only that, but we had just moved from Florida to Austin, all feeling we really wanted to move, and there was really no good reason for it. And um, I almost immediately felt a craving to find a church. So I met her as part of this whole um I, I think it was all engineered by spirit actually. And, and I, because of this book. Yes, absolutely.
0: And I just want to say something that came to mind as you were talking. Now her education and a, a musical ability and great spiritual sense still faced some impropriety in relationships with other people and may have felt separate in some way shape or form but i i want to say uh, this is not only people of race this is people of religion this is people of gender this is people uh, somehow feeling separate because they don't really know who they are, and they don't really know what life is about. That we're a spiritual essence having a physical experience, and we're really not separate from any one or anything. It's just this physical world and our ego-based reality that makes us have those experiences. And maybe those experiences are very necessary for us to come back to a unity and oneness of thinking and to rediscover our soul and for us to mature as soul essence or nature as a soul being. So uh, I was thinking of that as you were speaking, that not only she had something she felt she couldn't share, but I think each one of us has experiences where we felt separated from others for many reasons. And it's this separation that creates the dissension and the lack of um, understanding between people that it's creating so many problems now in our nation and our world. So when you and I are talking today about racial issues, we're actually talking about all kinds of differences that need to be
1: transcended. Let's get on to uh, you but say it's, it's important. I, I agree with everything you say, but one thing it's very important for your listeners to understand. Race is a unique problem in America. It's unlike any other kind of separation. And it stems from the fact that we actually never completed emancipation and slavery is still existing in America today. This is something which most people have no clue about and we have no clue about it just because the people who are victims of this problem are so hidden from most people. But yes, everybody has to, has to overcome all of these separations which are artificial, but there is an institutionalized separation between black and white in this country which is at the source of the particular problems we are having with race they're unique problems in that sense
0: yes all right well we're going to get to that and you start with saying martin luther king jr was one of the greatest americans of the 20th century and the united states of america is suffering its deepest divisions since the civil war right now and the causes of this discord's while they seem to be varied and complex, actually come down to one core problem that we need to address, and uh, bringing our nation, our country together, is going to require every heart in this effort. We're confident it it can be done, and it's the right time, I think, now. It's long enough since the Civil War and slavery. The uh, African Americans have come so far forward in this country and such an integral part of the nation now that it is the time that we can overcome this final last hurdle so you said martin luther king was quoting thomas jefferson when he said in july of 1965 we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by god creator with certain inalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness this is a dream it's a great dream and perhaps it's always been the dream of spirit that through this separation we will finally know the truth because i believe there's reasons for everything and nothing is happening outside of the divine plan and it doesn't say some men, it says all men. It doesn't say white men, it says all men, including <laughs> black. It doesn't say Gentiles. You, you wrote this in the book. It says
1: all men, yeah. which includes Jews. It, it comes from Dr. King. He's the yeah. one who said that. I mean, he oh. got very, very particular about this, right? Well,
0: he's right. <laughs> he was right. He's that, right. You know, every time I've heard him speak, Over since then when I was young and listened to him I would cry because I would know deep inside that this was the truth and that I was a teacher in elementary school at 20 years old and I was teaching African American children at that time you could say black but then for a while you couldn't say black you had to say African American and you know there's been so much confusion I went there to help to bring that experience of love and unity and hope to that community. I went into a very poor community as a very young person and like you didn't have an understanding of all the issues they were dealing with, but I soon learned a lot of the problems. And I know that it's going to take a lot more than just these words to make it a reality. So we're going to get on to that in a minute. Uh, But you also said that on January 16, 2017, four days after his inauguration, President Trump took note of the holiday that bears Dr. King's name with these words. So we're bringing ourselves now into modern times. Today, our nation pauses to honor a legend, an icon, and an American hero. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. lifted up the conscience of our nation, a towering leader in his day, and a lasting inspiration for all generations to follow. Our declaration declares that all men are created equal, and Dr. King challenged our nation to live out that that sacred truth to banish the evils of big bigotry segregation and oppression from the institutions of society and the hearts of men his legacy of freedom is the true memorial to his life no testimonial can pay better tribute than the faces of young children living out their dreams and those are the faces i looked into when i was only twenty years old they were little beautiful children living in poverty, and living in families that had so many problems, health and emotional and physical issues, that I just didn't know where to begin. Right? That was then. And then I went back to teaching about 15 years ago, because I wanted to do the same thing, but now I had all this spiritual uh, awareness to do it and I went back to the schools into another inner-city school and the problems had become worse where before I had seen one or two health classes in the school I now saw almost all the school the, the classes were health classes there was so many drug problems, so many people um, with abuse and alcohol, no fathers in the family, so things had not become better in the years that I had been away from teaching. So we're going to address some of these problems because we're going to get to what needs to happen uh, to bring about what needs to be happened from Martin Luther King, what he wanted, what Donald Trump wants, what you and I want and which is the way spirit wants it also so let's get on to another question here what changed your point of view uh, that the battles that Martin Luther King had fought had been won, you thought they had been won I thought they had been
1: won but what changed your view? Just the statistics are horrifying. Um, we we don't see the poverty. Most of it is in the deep south, which is where these people still live. Uh, you know, 150 years after the Civil War ended, or it's in the inner cities where yes. no none of us ever go. And these people live um, on the edge of American society. No hope ever of entering it. Our educational system. Is so inferior where African Americans are concerned that it, that it in, reinforces the impossibility of their ever entering the mainstream. You know that there are five. This is just an example of what's going on in our educational system. This is a this is a shock. Five schools, um, uh, high schools in Baltimore, with their primarily or exclusively African American, were just given a standardized test. You, not a single student in all any of those five schools was proficient in math or in English. She had to get a a four or five to be proficient these kids got a one and it wasn't because of spending because they were spending sixteen thousand dollars per student per year which is fourth highest in the country and it wasn't the teacher's fault it was the fault that for the nine years before these kids ever got to high school they were getting a horrible education our 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 schools are more segregated than they ever have been in american history despite the fact that more than sixty years ago Brown versus Board of Education was the case in which the Supreme Court said, that's unconstitutional. We still do it. Nothing positive has happened. The only people who are really successful in this country who have darker skin, almost exclusively, are people who either are superb at sports or they're superb at entertainment. That's it.
0: It's not only the inner-city children. It's not only the black or African-Americans or immigrants that are receiving a poor education. Unfortunately, it's many of our children throughout this nation. Many of them are, yes. Because I will tell you, if you talk to some of the children going into college they have no understanding of history they don't it is really challenging they have true. no right un, about that. awareness yep. of current events and it's a it's a fact that our materialistic society has put values on many things that are not about learning and not about being productive but about having taking being competitive and that's another problem that reaches across All race lines, religious lines, and educational lines. So we have to address that too. But you wrote this. I want to read this. I think spirit, those that we used to think were dead are telling us that unless we can arrest the negative course of the United States, and I will say the world, we face a worldwide decline into barbarism. What alarms me is that the beginnings of the chaotic events that elevated, uh, that the, the, uh, the chaotic events, these elevated beings, those in spirit we're talking about, predict already are plain to see. Exotic diseases and declining birth rates, universal hatred and mistrust, religious strife and the concentration of power and wealth in the hands of just a few, carry forward present trends and the desolate hell that those that we used to think were dead now tell us soon will overspread the earth and it can be readily foreseen. Also poignantly, a perfect alternative future occasionally can be glimpsed in small hopeful flames that flicker to life but soon die to embers either future is possible but at the moment the worst case is ascendant and this is the story spirits watching we have help from above but we need to turn the trend to a different way of knowing ourselves and interacting with all people in order to bring about change in the racial situation that we have in this country and the world. So it becomes clear that we have to go on to say what are some of the ways we're going to do this? What are some of the things we need to do to bring about uh, the changes that have eluded us for far too long?
1: Are you asking me that? Yeah. What are we going to have to do? Well, here, here, Here's the thing. Um, all of conscious, consciousness is the only thing that exists. What we experience as consciousness, it's what manifests everything that we think we see around us. Consciousness exists in a range of vibrations, from the lowest, which is fear and all the negative emotions, to the highest, which is perfect love. Right. The reason we find it impossible to change anything is that we are always thinking from fear. You cannot serve solve any problem thinking from fear. All the issues that surround the racial issue, for example, they all come from thinking from fear. Mm-hmm. What Kelly and I have done has been to apply love to the situation. And with love, when you apply love, you come to understand that nobody is evil. Racism actually is not inherent. We teach it to our little children. When we think from love, we understand that's a bad idea, and we stop doing that. Yes. All the problems surrounding race can easily be solved by thinking from love and not from fear.
0: Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you that we do have... Growing challenges, poverty, terrorism, economic disparities, disease and poor water conditions, climate change, lack of resources, pollution, religious divides, gender issues, an aging population uh, that needs to work together for society. And these are the real problems that are also leading now to racism sexism religiousism and so on and so on but they're always with the racial um, condition that we have that need to be done and as a teacher i saw some of the things that we need to actually work on right now it would be to begin in the communities to begin with family life, to begin with ending a welfare system, which was only meant to help temporarily, not to create generations of people not learning to develop their skills and talents and come into the middle class and to stay that way. Uh, so we need to help the young people um, To have more regard for themselves and the lives that they want to create and this has to start within the communities these inner city communities right down south and these communities and it's the only way to perceive you gave actually five ways to perceive to empower them to uh, to define human dignity and self-worth uh, to have intact families are essential to a healthy society and children do need both parents so we have to give them back their fathers we have to encourage uh, better relationships and marriages and, and and family structure and that can all begin in the community and that can begin in the religious um, institutions and in the uh, schools and what else can we do
1: i i I think it's very important that we help people to form families but i think it's very important that everyone listening understand that we the american government was what broke up all those african-american families it's right in the statistics in nineteen sixty coming out of a hundred years of hell which is with the jim crow period african-americans lived in families to the about the same percentage as white americans right up to then. All the family statistics were about identical and in some cases were stronger for African-Americans, even though they were living in hell in in the Jim Crow South. Well, and then came 1965, and in 1965, the federal government began to tell people that it would take care of the women if they would. If, in fact, the, the way the men heard it was not as an offer. What they heard it was, what they heard was, if you can't take care of your wife and children, you you have to give them up to the federal government, or their children won't survive. And we know that's what they heard because over the next seven or eight years after 1965, these people who who had gotten through Jim Crow just fine gave up their families they had no choice they felt they had no choice it was another Uh, order you
0: know i cannot even understand how that happened because it's so so sad you know the other night i saw a movie matthew mcconaughey was in a a movie free state of jones and it was a beautiful movie beautiful excellent i i ask our listeners to rent that get to see that because it did show what happened and show the aftermath and the other night i saw another movie uh, about an interracial marriage called loving which is a a just a recent movie either this year or last year and both these show what happened uh, to break up the families
1: But the fact that over the 10 years that followed when we broke up all those African American families and threw away the men, nobody noticed it was happening. Why did nobody care enough to say, wait a minute, what we're doing is harming these people. Nobody said anything. And it's this day, we are throwing away African Americans. To this day.
0: Roberta, we still have a lot of divorce in the country now. It doesn't matter what race, religion, or, or, you you know, creed you are. There is 60% of marriages ending in divorce and many, many children being raised in single families, which is also a problem in the years to come for our nation because the structure of the family... Any family that you see is better when there are people helping each other instead of doing it alone.
1: Here's another thought related to that. When you look more closely at all the statistics, black and white, you realize that what the federal government did beginning in 1965 and before 1980 was to inflict a tremendous cancer on this country by by doing what it did to African-American men. And that cancer now is in the white community, too. And if we don't stop and change things and turn things around, it's going to take the country down by the end of this century. I mean, now three-quarters, actually, the probably it's closer to... To, um, to three quarters of African American children grow up without a father. They never have a father in the home. That for black and white was, a, that statistic was less than 5% in 1965. Well, first I- we destroyed the African American families. Now it's 25% in white families, too. It's a cancer. Yes. But we started it. We've got to stop it.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I'm going to ask you out there to begin to realize to stop putting blame. It doesn't matter how it happened. It only matters what we're going to do from here on in. And I would think that's what we all need to focus on. And I would ask you to read this book because it really gives you a lot of information on how to begin. So I want to thank you, Roberta Grimes and Kelly Glover, who I didn't get to meet today, but in the book I did read a lot about her. The fun, yes, she's a um, wonderful person. Yes, I, I enjoyed her stories and her way of explaining how she observed over her young lifetime what was really happening. So the fun of living together will move you in the right direction for accepting all of us as energy beings having a physical life emanating from the same creative force of universal source. And in understanding that premise, it becomes impossible to use the labels and judgments and the mistakes of our government that we just discussed here or of our mind or ego controlled life and to truly begin to express the values of our heart or soul energy in a greater compassion for life which must start to go beyond racial religious or cultural differences for more information and to purchase this book go to Roberta Grimes in summarizing today's episode of healing from within I share with you a portion of I have a dream speech august 1963 by martin luther king jr which never fails to elicit tearfulness from me in its beauty and truth i have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal i have a dream that one day on the red hills of georgia The sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Roberta and I would have you focus on the many, many people who you interact with every day in your neighborhoods, at work, on the playground, in the bagel store, people of all shapes, sizes, and colors who stand by your side. And perhaps like me, you say hello to them and share a moment of human-divine interaction, as we really are all one in energy and spirit. And then you feel comfortable, not separated or divided, not thinking... Of what you can receive from them, but just being human. I believe it's happening everywhere, despite the chaos and confusion of these world changes. And in the end, like the beginning, we will be united, a United States of America, eventually a united humanity. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to hear and listen to leaders in the metaphysical, science, spiritual fields, investigating human evolution and future awareness of life and the changing needs in a new world governed by hearts of compassion. Shows may also be heard on DreamVision7Radio.com and webtalkradio.net. Thank you.